Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers is being lowered. Once a neck, always a neck. What is going on, guys? You're listening to Nickish. You got your boys Mo and Faiz. The Knicks just had their nine-game winning streak snap at the hands of the Lakers. We're going to talk about that. We got a few takeaways ourselves. Uh, make sure you guys check our website, nick-ish.com. Cop yourself some Nickish hoodies and gear. Where to your next Knicks game? We got about half season left to go, so plenty of time for you guys to wear your Nickish gear to a Knicks game and just rep your team. Bring in my guy Faiz. What's going on, man? How you doing? Bro, I'm devastated, man. The Knicks, man, we got 18 losses? Come on. It's the end of the world, guys. Like, we lost to a team with, you know, 26 wins. No. Like, we lost to a team that had to rest AD and LeBron, two of the NBA's best players, against the Celtics. You know, they did beat them. But to play us, you know, like, a team without four, basically four starters, three Three genuine starters and OG uh, Randall and uh, Mitchell Robinson, but Grimes, who used to basically be a starter before we made all these moves, like a, a pretty impactful rotation player. So, how how can I be okay, man? Bro, fire the whole fucking team. Get yeah. get get rid of the front <laughs> office. Get rid of Brunson while you're at it. I mean, okay, man, well, only thirty six oh, points. Come on, oh, I, I can't commit to the bit that far. <laughs> I can't commit to the bit of that. <laughs> I'm doing uh, good, man. I mean, how am I supposed to complain after the Knicks just gave us a, a, an exhilarating nine games with most of their rotation out, and we got named two All-Stars? The last time the Knicks had two NBA All-Stars on their roster was Carmelo Anthony and Tyson Chandler. And shout-out to Tyson Chandler. Lots of love to him, but he's not that exciting of an All-Star player to watch. But um, I'm, I'm excited to have three-time All-Star Julius Randle, you know, all three times with the Knicks. And – First time All Star Jalen Brunson on this roster. Like I, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't care if we lost to the Lakers. I'm still in a good ass mood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, shout out to Tyson Chandler. I mean, those tip outs were legendary at the time. And we're no seeing Hurts no like it now. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. And then he had he had the lobs ready to go, and he just had Defensive that intensity. Player of the year, Tyson Chandler, yes. with the New York Knicks. Like, yep, yep. So shout out to that guy because he, I, I loved him on the team. But yeah, shout out to our guys, Randall and Brunson. Well deserved, well earned, both of them, and it was it was emotional because we saw in the Pacers game that that was the day that they announced it, and Randall wasn't playing, and Brunson had to lead the team, and you know from from both of those guys to to get to this point, it's just you know at the end of that Pacers game, you saw Brunson get emotional, and the crowd, all of them stayed. I mean, we've all been to Knicks games. Once it's once the game's over, we're out, you know. But everybody stayed, chanted MVP for Jalen Brunson. And you saw him get he saw him get a little emo over it. And as fans of the team for so many years, you get it. You understand it because you kind of tie in with that with that kind of player. And Brunson is the exact kind of player that Knicks fans and the team and the organization have been looking for for decades. Literally a young kid who is under, you know, has been underutilized, overlooked and just underrated to come in and just dominate at a different level. And, you know, Brunson's that guy and I'm I'm proud as hell of him and honestly proud as hell as Randall of Randall too because he's he's underrated by us by us Knicks fans every time and anytime he underperforms or anytime he does something stupid that we don't like we're gonna we're gonna you know go at him but 
to his credit, he he takes it on and he, you know, incre- he takes it to the next gear and and kills it at the next game. Yeah, you know, shout out to Randall first and foremost, like one of the huge reasons that the Knicks have been relevant through this stretch, through this Leon Rose era. But, uh, you know, I, I hope Randall doesn't even play in the All-Star game, if I'll be honest, just because give him give the man his rest. Like, this isn't your first All-Star game. This isn't your second. This is your third. We, we know what you can do, Randall. We believe in you. Prepare for playoffs. Get ready for that. But, um, you know, uh, I, I trust the, the medical staff on this team. You know, let them do what they're doing. Um, I will say, though, like, real quick, huge shout-out to, to Alan Hahn, fr- friend, of the, friend of the brand, because to evoke that emotional response from Jalen Brunson after that game, that's talent. That in itself is a, is a talent. Like other reporters may, may not have been able to do the same thing that Alan Hahn did at that moment. Well, where putting him, putting Alan Hahn aside, put the focus on Jalen Brunson, putting the team aside, trying to put the focus on Jalen Brunson, especially a guy who is is so he he's like allergic to the spotlight. He does not want to take the spotlight away from guys like his teammates. You see Alan Hahn incorporate that into the interview. And, you know, as someone who's working with sports media in some way, I have to give a huge tip of the cap to Alan Hahn and, and a, a lot of respect to someone who we all look up to as Knicks fans. Uh, I'm glad that we have him part of the MSG production. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you nailed it right there. Brunson didn't really say much. If you think about it, he just, he just took a moment away, but that was all you needed. Shout out to the cameraman for capturing that. He, he zoomed <laughs> in at the right moment. He, you know, we got we got the crowd, you know, along along with Brunson, just putting out that energy, that positive energy, that an emotional win, man. Jalen Smith, that was that was super childish. I went, like grabbing the ball out of Brunson's hand and he got smacked in the face. Like this is a middle school basketball, man, on the NBA level. But I digress. You know, ball don't lie. Rashid Wallace told us way long before, ball don't mm-hmm. lie. Yeah, so let's let's get into this Pacers game real quick uh recapping it because we're gonna talk also about the Lakers game. I mean, you had this was supposed to be the Obi Toppin revenge game. You got Pascal Siakam first time at MSG in a Indiana Pacers uniform. You got um Tyrese Halliburton coming in on restricted minutes. And you got a team missing four of its starters. Again, we we had no Randall. We had no Mitchell Robinson. We had no OG Ananobi and no Quinn Grimes. And through that, Jalen Brunson dominated 15 out of 30 for 40 points, and he carried the team in the fourth quarter to to get that win. And you know, I'll I'll make it a point because on the IG, I when they when when Brunson got the All Star nod, I wrote a comment. I'm like All Star All NBA this year, MVP conversation next year. And this pace game happened, and, and people are commenting like, "Yo, it's MVP conversation this year." And I corrected it because he is absolutely one hundred percent due to be a part of that MVP conversation for this year because of how he's been performing, game in, game out, every game, thirty plus points in what ten out of the last eleven games since since honestly the calendar turned to twenty twenty four. He's been absolutely dominant, playing like one of the best players in the NBA, not just one of the best point guards best players overall in the NBA. So Pacers game, what stood out to you? Um, I'm going to talk first about um, Obi Toppin playing behind Pascal Siaka, man. Poor guy. Like you, you go away from Randall just to have to play behind Siakam, who's basically the same player as Randall on the Pacers team. So frustrating. He started the game kind of interesting, like with some, you know, some, a, a good three. I think he had two threes that were pretty fire and like, some steals, like I, you know, respect to Obi Toppin for what he's doing, but poor guy, man. Um, 
I'm I'm gonna have to shout out um our our bigs on this game because uh you could just see how Isaiah Hardenstein and Precious Achua out physicaled uh the the Pacers kind of like manhandled them. So uh shout out to those guys uh, in a night where the Knicks shot so poorly from three. Dante DiVincenzo went from making nine threes the night before to four out of sixteen. Yeah, four out yeah. of sixteen shots. So, uh, despite all that, the Knicks coming out and and coming through with a with a gutsy win. Uh, I don't care if Tyrese Halliburton was on uh, uh, limited minutes. The Knicks' entire like four like three starters were on zero minutes. So I, I don't want to hear about any of that. Um, it felt like a real signature win for the Knicks because uh, these are the type of wins when a team who makes it to the Eastern Conference Finals, a team who makes it to the Finals, you're looking back and thinking, how did we not see this? How did we not know that the Knicks would be, would be this type of team? And you point to games like this where the Knicks are stacking up resilient wins, where uh, Knicks teams of, of before would uh would would just fold and crumble under the pressure, but seeing them come back in the fourth quarter, like the Knicks were basically outscored like every quarter. Uh, they they were not they didn't have a lead until the fourth quarter. So shout out to them for for pushing through that game and and making a win. And the reason that this is possible is because of the DNA that's been instilled over the last few years. I'll say outside of that fluke Kemba year, the Knicks have shown that they're capable of this on a smaller scale, um, having gutsy comeback wins. But now that they have a guy like Brunson, it feels inevitable that they're going to win games against teams like this, that when they're, where they're much more experienced compared to a younger Pacers team, even though the Pacers team is number one in offense, I think in the NBA right now. Yeah. And, you know, people are going to point to Halliburton not playing minutes I and mean, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. Cause we were missing four of our starters and he had guys like Josh Hart and Precious Chua playing full minutes in the fourth quarter. And they're all contributing in different ways. I mean, you know, Hart didn't really score a bucket, I think, in this, in this entire game. But he still got 12 rebounds. And he still played defensively. And he still he was still in passing lanes and getting his steals. Um, well, actually, he had zero steals in this game. But he was he was in the passing lanes. He, he, was, he was making a thing. You know, he was, he was effective. Chua made up for Precious Chua the, the four steals. You, know? you can't talk shit about him no more. That's it. Like, Precious... Uh... <laughs> I might have to a little bit after after we talk about the Lakers game. But shout out to him. Shout shout out to him. And like that's that's the funny thing about each game because we have different takeaways that just contradict one another <laughs> each game. So I mean, if we're talking just about the Pacers game, five of sixteen for Precious with twelve points, sixteen rebounds, four steals. Two Eight blocks. of those rebounds being offensive rebounds, like the the DNA of Tom Thibodeau's like development of bigs. Like this this is showing. Two of your bigs have. Eight offensive rebounds, like you don't see that. You don't see that. Double digit rebounds too is nuts. That's crazy. And yeah, you, you thought it might have just been a Mitch Robinson thing, but not every center that comes to this team is capable of tuning up their their defensive ratings, their rebounding ratings. Um, yeah, I mean, this team this team is different, and we'll we'll talk about the additional changes soon. Or okay, real quick, real quick changes. before we move on from the Pacers game. Huge shout out to Deuce McBride, man. Those 16 points that he gave off the bench were some of the most critical and they came at the most critical times. Like he, he just seemed ready for the moment. Like 
Dante is not having his night with three. Josh Hart's not making a bucket at all. Brunson just really needs some help. And there's Deuce in the corner lining up ready for, for, for the three-point shot. And, you know, a lot of people will hear three for eight shooting nine and be like, oh, the percentage doesn't sound nice. I think three for eight is fantastic. You're taking those eight attempts and making three of them. I'm, I'm happy with what Deuce McBride had to offer to the table that night. Two steals, I'll take it. Yeah, that's, th- that's 38%. You got Dante shooting 25 and... Runs in the last two games, three point attempts and shots. We got to keep an eye on that. He's one for since, six. Since Randall in been out of the games. lineup, it's, yeah. it's been real frustrating. He was the generation of shots, but yeah. he was shooting like forty percent from the three or higher. But I don't know what it is now. But after back to back one for six three point games, it's it's definitely dropped since then. So something just something to keep an eye on. Um, I would say that's something I'm a little bit more concerned about, just because. Um, like I, I obviously hope we're hoping to get Randall back soon and it, it shouldn't be a concern anymore, but I'm hoping that the Knicks DNA can show that they're able to overcome a circumstance like this while Randall is out, because I feel like a lot of those shots that Jalen Brunson got that were open, those catch and shoot shots were generated from Randall backing down in the post. And there being a, the idea that, yeah, you want to, even when Randall's in the game, you want to double D- Jalen Brunson, but you still have to worry about Julius Randle scoring, or you still have to worry about other guys scoring because there's Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson on the floor. But, you know, we can slowly transition into the Lakers game, but you saw it last night in the fourth quarter. Like, once you neutralize Jalen Brunson, which is hard to do, neutralizing Jalen Brunson means he had 36 points on 40-something percent shooting. But once you do that, other teams are not worried about Precious Achua, Josh Hart, all these guys scoring. So I hope... Before Randall comes back, that's something we can solve because I don't want to see it in the playoffs where they're not even worried about Randall and then we fall into a similar situation. Yeah, I mean, in this Lakers game, whatever cracks this team has was exposed, especially in that fourth quarter. You mentioned Brunson getting doubled pretty much the entire quarter. 30 times. And, I think i seen a clip that's at 30 times. Yeah, and, you know, he, he dropped 36 points. I want to say six of those came kind of at garbage time, so I wouldn't really count those. But still, 30 points within three quarters the Knicks were up by six points and they started doubling Brunson and no one else could step up and you know one of my takeaways is that you have five players that were DMPs including Evan Fournier and Ryan Archidiacono who've been riding the bench pretty much the entire season I mean I don't think Ryan has scored a single point yet yeah you said I think you said last episode he's just there for the vibes which is fine Evan Fournier if we're talking about Eastern Conference Finals and if we're even talking, even whispering about the idea of a finals appearance, M40 has got to go or he's got to he has to go this this season, this trade deadline, no matter what. He can't be riding the bench for the rest of the season because the, the, we have three players who played 40 plus minutes last night. We have OG, OG Ananobi out. He's DMP, uh, not DMP, he's day to day, but he's been out what four or five games in a row. I mean, how is that day to day really? Randall's going to be out for maybe another month. Mitch Robinson, we're hoping, can potentially be ready for the playoffs. We need Fournier gone. We need some form of bench move that that helps. We can't rely on Taj Gibson. to, to be. He's also there for, for the vibes. You can't have two players there for the vibes and Fournier just clapping every game and making 10 to 14 million. Pause. <laughs> and making 10 to 14 million dollars per, per year. He, he has to go. The Knicks need some form of backup because, God forbid, we get we get more injured players because that's bound to happen if they're racking up these kinds of minutes. Oh, yeah, this is where I don't envy Tibbs' job. Like, I'm not trying to say that Tibbs should come out and straight up play Evan Fournier. Like, we know what he is defensively. Hopefully, like he could offer something on offense. Like, I I'm not gonna lie. Like, 
basically seeing a seven-man rotation in this game, like I wouldn't have minded to see some Fournier minutes, but it must say a lot about how bad Fournier has been if, if Tibbs doesn't want to play him. But a seven-man rotation, basically, like I do not count three minutes of Malachi Flynn in this rotation. Like the only guys who came off the bench were Jericho Sims and Deuce McBride. And you're looking at the Knicks three-point shooting, like outside of that, outside of Dante DiVincenzo, it was horrible. And like you know, what I, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about what I alluded to a little earlier. Like, I, I love Precious. I love what he's bringing to the offensive game. I love what he's bringing to the the, the rebounding and everything. But I don't want to see you take six threes in two games, man. I'm sorry. Like I don't care if they were at the end of the buzzer. I don't care what it was. Precious Achua should not be taking six games. A three here and there, okay, I get it. You got to open shot this. He did not make one of six threes in two games. That's not his game. He has a lot more to offer on, on the table, and I think we should just stick to those things. But it's frustrating to see that. It's frustrating to see Brunson make two out of, like, 12 threes in the last two games. Like, that's definitely a huge part of it. Dante had a better shooting night, six for 16, but, like, how much better is that? Like, it's, it's a little better for sure, but 16 shots, like, it's a lot of shots to take, and I get it. Someone has to take the shots when guys like OG are out, guys like Randall are out. But uh, I don't know. I I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm not. I didn't, post game. I didn't have a a lot a huge overreaction to the loss itself. The frustrating part was not scoring for six minutes in the fourth quarter. Like watching that and and just seeing the Knicks get stymied and not have any way to to play out of that. That was frustrating. I will also say. LeBron James played defense as if this was a fucking NBA finals against Brunson. That was so frustrating <laughs> to watch. Like, you old ass man, turn it on any other game. Why is it always against the Knicks that all of a sudden all the agendas come through? And to be fair, it was a national game against the hottest team in the NBA. You know, LeBron's going to want to bring him down a peg, especially with all these rumors coming out. But damn, man, he's Let weird. This man breathe. Like, Le- LeBron's weird. I he he took off the Celtics game just to prepare for Brunson and the Knicks. And then after the game, he's wearing a Knicks towel and he's getting all chimey with the fans, like posting Statue of Liberty emojis and what, shit. What is, like, come on, you that? know what you're doing, LeBron. Stop this, it. We got Rich Paul and and CAA kind of, you know, what's what's the word? What's the terminology that they use? They squash the beef. They, they squash. They, they, that's what I used. That's yeah, how I said. But I was gonna say, know, I, was, I, I thought that was gonna be a little bit more of a you know, <laughs> yeah, professional I mean, sounding approach. But we, now they squashed the beef. That's basically what happened. We know that CAA and and um and Clutch have been having problems for a while with Nerlens Noel, with Marcus Morris. There's a few things that happened over the years that it has festered to this level. But I think uh, Leon Rose has acknowledged that that Clutch has a lot of has a, a very extensive and exclusive clientele that they want to be part of their team, whether it be DeJounte Murray, which fans, you know, are scoffing at, or Malcolm Brogdon. These guys are all represented by Clutch, or go as far as say LeBron James, because there's rumors swirling around them. So um, I think it's wise that they, they were able to squash the beef, but it's coming at a, at a pretty, you know, this, this has been uh, festering since Christmas. You've been hearing uh, uh, they're they're trying to, make amends and figure out what's going on between them. And it sounds like over this week or this weekend, they officially have figured out what's the, the tension between the two, the two agency groups. Yeah. I mean, all respect to the goat of our generation. I'll make sure I add that part in there. I don't want LeBron James on this team. I don't need that. We don't need that drama on this team. We don't, I don't want the price tag that's going to come with, with him. And he's 39. He's literally the oldest player in the league right now. I mean, 
time hits everybody may waits for no man, you know? So LeBron James is not an exception to that. He has maybe one or two years left to go. I mean, I, I know I say all in sometimes, but LeBron James right now, again, with that price tag, I'm good. I'm yeah, good. I, I fully agree. And you've seen what LeBron has done over the last few years where he'll sign that one-year deal and then leave the fans in disarray. And then you're gonna, he's going to come to the Knicks and start wearing a Lakers towel and like doing all this weird shit. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to see any of that. But I will say, like, if LeBron like gets ends up on the Knicks, like I will talk myself into LeBron James being on the Knicks. But I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Like, I don't want to see the Knicks make that move. It's just... It just takes away from everything that Brunson has done because the story right now is Jalen Brunson. And I don't want to see the story become LeBron James and mm -hmm. we still don't end up winning. Like, um, I know that like in a fit wise, it might be a little bit of a better fit than LeBron in 80, just because LeBron could use someone like, uh, like Kyrie esque and Jalen Brunson could be like a scoring punch like that. But it just takes away from what this team has accomplished so far. And it feels like the quick, easy way out. And it brings a certain expectation to this team that we don't have right now that we don't need. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. Like I've seen a lot of people on 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 Twitter beefing with Kevin Durant post this Jalen Brunson, you know, explosion and talking about you you duck the smoke and this and that. Yeah, he did duck the smoke for sure. But I'm so grateful that he did because Kevin Durant in New York, like the expectations would have been turned up to a billion, and it would have been same old Knicks when Kevin Durant did the same shit that he did to Brooklyn. Did not give a fuck about this fan base. And like he, you saw what he said to the Nets. He said, I don't even want a tribute video. We, we don't need any of that. But like, I'll be heartbroken to see a, a, one of our players say that to us and do that to us, especially a superstar of that caliber. I'm so glad it didn't work out. And he said something that I agreed with, like Kevin Durant coming to a Knicks team like that, it would have just exploded the expectations, especially of a big market team like New York. I'd say the same thing with LeBron, where you can't enjoy this 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 journey that we've been on. And I'm not trying to sound too like hippie vibes and stuff, but it it is about the journey. Like I've been having a fantastic time watching basketball, feeling the 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 aura, the vibe in New York City, the 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 energy around this team. I'll take that over uh, some bullshit championship run that's not gonna end up like netting a championship and it's just going to end up with Knicks fans being laughed at all over again. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a certain level of euphoria. If you're able to get to the promised land after you earned it, getting a top, you know, getting one of the goat players on your team feels kind of like a cheap ticket out. And I'm sure I'm not going to speak for Warriors fans, but if I were them, I would assume that for them, that first championship that they got before KD means a lot more than the championships that they got with KD. Cause you, you at that point you got KD, on a 73 and 9 team that joined in, like, of course, they're going to win the championship back to back years from that point. You bring LeBron James here, it's like you said, it's it, you have it, you have to win a championship. It's championship or bust. If the Knicks don't win a championship this year, it'll be a disappointment, but it's not going to blow our minds. And it's not, we're not putting that kind of pressure on Jalen Brunson or Julius Randle because you, we didn't expect that from them. They're not, they're not mm -hmm. supposed to be quote-unquote, supposed to be the players that get us a championship, but it's going to be so much sweeter if and when we win with the, with those guys on our team because we've seen the journey for each of them. Everybody else, they're title chasing. These guys are legacy chasing, and they're trying to build something. They're, they're connected with the fan base, and I, I forgot who mentioned it. It might have been Perkins, but 
he was talking about this Knicks roster, and he's like, yo, they're not, it's not really like a brotherhood. This is family right here. Like, this whole team, they treat each other, they walk together, nice. they move together like a family, not just a unit. It's different. And there's they got each other's backs. You see Tyrese Halliburton. You see Colin Sexton talking shit to Brunson's face. You, you get Dante huh. Deep shoving that dude, bro. You got you got Halliburton against Dante's face. He's going to shove him, too. I, I respect Dante for that. I like that. Uh, that's the kind of grit that this team and the city wants so badly, and we got it right now. So big ups to them. I'll say big, like, you know, that, that loss last night was frustrating, but I'm just so glad to see that it wasn't – the same old Knicks in terms of LeBron comes to the garden, puts on this crazy show, and the Knicks are just looking like fools. Like, it was actually a basketball game. It came down to grit. It came down to defense. It came down to scheme. It came down to not having certain players. It wasn't the Knicks of the old with LeBron flipping bottles in the fucking corner with Richard Jefferson taking this team as a joke. And guys like Tyrese Halliburton and Colin Sexton think it's sweet coming into the garden. Think they're going to get their, well, you know, garden moment and stuff. And guys like Dante DiVincenzo are saying, fuck out of here. No, this is the garden. We're going to protect home court. And yeah, I know it sucks to lose at home to the Lakers, but the Knicks have showed that they care about this home court and hearing Brunson after that, that speech talk about this place is unbelievable talking about the fans and whatnot. Shout out to Knicks fans for, for really showing love all season and, and packing out the arenas and giving us all uh, a really interesting season and hopeful season to, to root for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you're not taking this loss too hard, right? Just to, just to be clear. Yep. Neither am I. I mean, Streaks have to come to an end, man. Especially yeah. when you have four guys out. I will say, if OG was in the game, I would feel a little bit more upset, just because that's one more starter that's in the lineup. But like OG and Randall are out, and that was a fully, basically fully healthy Lakers team. They had everyone that they wanted to play, and like that Lakers team is the same Lakers team that beat the the Celtics, the number one seed without LeBron in eighty. So they definitely are figuring things out to a certain extent. So. You know, I, I can't be that mad. Like, I'm more yeah. mad at little, little things that I've seen the Knicks do, but it's okay. It's 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 regular season. We have 18 losses. I'm not – I can't – we had a 14-2 January. How am I supposed to be upset? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Look, uh, this, this roster needs some backup help, some bench help. We can't just be on these guys. We, they can't be playing 40 minutes a game. I just to correct myself earlier, I said three players play 40 plus minutes. Those four players, four out of the seven man roster from last night's game played 40 plus minutes. Isaiah Harnstein would have played 42 if it wasn't for his his, his Achilles. He's, he's, yeah. he's still hurting a little bit, but mm-hmm. shit, so man. They, we got to see some moves soon because there's five games left before the All Star break. Uh, do you remember when the trade deadline is? I believe it's next Tuesday. Okay, I think it's. I believe yeah, the Tuesday night sounds. Sound. Like, oh, sorry, I said next. This. No, I feel like it's a ninth. I don't know. Uh, quick, quick Google search will tell us ASAP. Uh, NBA trade deadline, three p.m. on uh, Thursday, February eighth. Eighth. So this okay. week, this week on Thursday. Four days left. The Knicks have five games before the All Star break. It would be nice if the Knicks could get some some wins from during that time because they're all against winnable teams. We got the Grizzlies. Mavericks, Pacers, Rockets, and Magic before the All-Star break. So, I mean, just based off of stats, at least four of those, at least three of those are winnable for sure. And then two of them could be a little bit of a grind because you got Luka and you got the Magic who had the Knicks number right now. 
Yeah, I mean, I will say even the Pacers are going to wake up for that game because they just lost to us. So you know they're going to get up and try to play that game seriously. And we, we, we've definitely struggled against the Magic, and I would like to see the Knicks wake up for a game against the Magic, especially if there's a potential to see them in the 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 playoffs. But we've seen it before. We've seen situations like even with the Knicks where the Knicks uh, demolished the Hawks in the regular season, but – when the playoffs came, it was a whole different beast. So uh, it's, it's it's very possible from, from uh, about that. But um, I, I hope the Knicks take these games very seriously because uh, uh, even like games, teams like the Grizzlies and stuff, like it's the NBA, man. And any given night, these teams can show the hell up. So I, I hope the Knicks don't take it lightly. And I hope they start another winning streak, especially before uh, the, the all-star break is over and the, the schedule wraps up, ramps up a little bit again, playing the 76ers and Celtics, who I know one of the teams without Joel Embiid, but still want to, you want to be getting up for these games against Eastern conference rivals. Yeah. I mean, the Knicks are right now sitting at fourth, <clears throat> excuse me, in the East at 32 and 18. They are a game and a half behind second seed bucks. So, Second seed is within reach. That's that's all we need right now to to guarantee home court advantage for the playoffs. And that's something that the Knicks haven't we we haven't seen before <laughs> as, yeah. as young as younger the younger side of the Knicks fans. We see we seen them one year with the second seed, but they didn't get to do much with it. The twenty twelve season they had that second seed and and they kind of fumbled playing the Celtics, I believe, but Mm, no, I don't think they have. I the, believe I might I be don't wrong. think they have the second seed. I'm pretty sure that fourth seed. Let me I'm just check that. I'm gonna sound crazy if I, if they didn't. Those 2013 standings. Then oh fuck yeah, damn. Mm, good they season, were, they man. Were second I love that. Right. That was that was right. my favorite season, man. But yeah, they didn't they didn't fully take advantage of it. Wearing the all black to the fucking Celtics game and J.R. Smith going out on the uh, <laughs> getting suspended and whatnot. Uh Frustrating, frustrating as hell. But yeah, man, if the Knicks are able to get back there and this time, you know, correct the sins of their past, that I think, I believe from what I've seen, the second seed would be the best way to avoid playing teams like the Celtics until the Eastern Conference Finals. And that's mm-hmm. that's what we want to see from the Knicks. Like, like you said earlier, like, yeah, winning a, a championship was obviously what's on all of our minds, but it'd be ideal to just see the Knicks make the Eastern Conference Finals and put up a real fight instead of just losing, getting stymied in the first or second round. Yep. All right. That wraps up this episode of Nickish. Uh, make sure you check out our website, nick-ish.com. Copy yourself some Nickish gear. Check out our socials, NickishNYC, and follow us. And give us, you know, give us some support. Give us that five-star review. Helps the brand out going forward. And, yeah. I mean, let's 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 go for it. We got a couple of winnable games coming ahead, so let's let's see some good games. Let's see some you know, backup coming for the team. We need some some backup, some bench help. And yeah, we might see a Brogdon sign this week. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, all right. So next time, take care. Peace.